Hi, everybody. I'm Sean. And I'm Eric. And we're Fuzzle. And this is episode six of the Fuzzlecast. We sit down with Justin Runyon, buddy of mine who's a musician and a coffee roaster. We had a great chat about what inspires us all creatively. So enjoy. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we're here with uh, with Justin. Justin, how's it going, man? Good to see you. Good. How are you guys? Good to see you guys too. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for Glad joining. Um, yeah. We figure it'd be great to catch up. It's been a been a little while, and uh, would love to hear a little bit about uh, what you've been working on. And let's talk a little bit of music. Yeah. So, yeah. man. So, unfortunately, from a music perspective, I got I kind of got out of the game a long time ago. Well, not a long time ago, but. Um, I moved to the Burbs, and then the music dream kind of died. I love that movie. But it's so funny that you asked that, though. Yeah, it's so funny that you asked that, though, because I had an idea for a concept album, like, literally the other day. And so I've, I'm trying to not set up too many goals for myself, but I was like, it would be really <laughs> cool to do, like, maybe a four-song EP around something that's very personal to me that kind of came up. Um, and so, yeah, so I, I've been thinking about getting back into it, and at least maybe just doing like a small acoustic four four song EP, something kind of just personal for me. Sweet. So I love yeah, that. So I'm thinking about getting back into it. Yeah. That is beautiful. Well, for one, you got questions or anything, we'd be happy to, to help or like, uh, you know, or even collaborate or anything for, for that. But let, let's talk a little bit about, you played bass, at least when I, when I knew you as kind of your first and foremost instrument, yeah. was that the first instrument you played or, you know, where, yeah. did, where did you first start playing music? So, so funny. So I grew up in the age of like Blink-182 and Green Day. Mm-hmm. Likewise. And, um, and all the kids in the neighborhood, you know, we would, uh, well, we're going to start a band, you know. And so one kid would get a guitar and then one kid would get like a drum set. And then there'd be that one kid who, oh, well, you got to fill the spot. We need a bass player. <laughs> And so, yeah, so they always need a bass player. And so that actually will later on, my story will really come to fruition really well. But yeah, so I got into music because the kids in the neighborhood needed a bass player. And so we played, I got a, I got a little Fender P bass. I think it was like a Squire for like my 14th or 15th birthday. This was ninth grade. It's always a square. Uh, right? where, where you get the, yeah, uh, the little practice the amp. amp, you know, where everybody starts. And so I had and that. the gig bag. Mm-hmm. And the gig bag. So I was all set up. <laughs> for your and gigs. And I was ready to make a ton of noise. Yeah, for all my gigs <laughs> in the backyard or whatever. And so, yeah, so that's where it all started. Kids in the neighborhood. And I remember, so my best friend to this day, um, still my best friend. He still lives in Louisiana. He, we forced him, he was the only kid that we knew that played drums. I don't know if you guys have a similar story too, but it was like that one kid you knew in the neighborhood who played drums. You were like, guess what? You're in our band. Like whether you want to or not, I don't know who it were, but he was, he played drums. And so we cornered him in ninth grade and we were like, guess what? You're in our band. And he was like, what? And we were like, yeah, so you're going to need to be at our house this Friday. We're going to have practice. And he was like, oh, okay. I guess my mom will let me do that. <laughs> You didn't start playing drums for nothing. So yeah, it was like, group, you know? dude, what are you doing? You, you got, know, you got drums, and you know we're gonna, we'll introduce you to Blink One Eighty Two, whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. That was the stuff. Exactly. Back there. I always say that 
Exactly. And I always say, like, the joke's on them. Like, I love playing bass. So for me, uh, my cousin had a drummer. My cousin's the guitarist, and he uh, had an opportunity for a gig. So he had his drummer that he held on to and never let go, and they needed a bass player. So mm-hmm. I had a bass floating around, but, you know, had to quickly learn and get show ready for uh, for a small little gig up near Disneyland. But, uh, yeah, that was that was fun. Sweet. That's yeah. awesome. Our first drummer, I remember. Yeah, what about you, Sean? Oh, Real sorry. quick. Yeah. yeah, he was. Um, uh, Tell me about you. I was going to say. My buddy yeah. from marching band. He was the drummer, the only drummer that I actually really knew, like in high school, um, because I was in marching band. And, you know, that whole crew, we kicked it. It was a lot of fun, especially, uh, no, not really. Nice. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, 16, we started a band, and uh, he was pretty good. And but I mean back then everybody's really just learning. So we had a couple of shows. Mm-hmm. Like we started at like the Whiskey and the Roxy. There were like pay to play shows. I remember. I don't know. We had to sell three or four hundred bucks worth of tickets to like. Oh yeah, wow, that's I, crazy. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, that's serious. I mean, but we were able to do it because you know all your friends want to go to your show when you're 16 years old, and they can get to Hollywood for a weekend or. or Usually yeah. on a weeknight on those shows. They're not going to let kids play yeah. on a weekend. Well, they're $50 tickets, yeah. right? So, um, yeah. I think they're about 25 <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just like, oh, man. And that was That's, back in the 90s. Yeah. So inflation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah man. <laughs> yeah, so wow. actually $50 tickets. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that was that, yeah, $100 yeah. tickets. Yeah. Man. <laughs> yeah, it's cool though. Like I, I think that's such an important part about the music experience. So if you have even like an inkling to play music, to just like get up and just do it is the absolute best way to yeah. learn and like to learn the band dynamics. Like I think that's a big part where Sean and I clicked is like we had both played with other projects. Like Sean definitely much more than I had from like a band and you know gigging perspective. But like it's it's fun. It's a different dynamic being able to speak the language of like working collaboratively you know musically like that yeah. and it's a fun social experience too like tell justin tell me about like some of your first gigs and like your music experience because i when we met we were working at the same company and i remember you were playing yeah. like some of the local venues around in dallas like where where you know where you were based at the time um but mm-hmm. yeah what what was you know give us give us that that background yeah, so I uh, I grew up in Shreveport, Louisiana, and it'll be interesting hearing your stories about California and playing in bands in California versus growing up in Louisiana too. Because I remember I don't I don't know if it was like this for you guys, but we had we were the only kids in school who played guitar or bass or drums. <laughs> like we were the only ones, and I went to a school of about a thousand wow. people, so it was like we were the ones. And so ratio, you know, when we found each other. Yeah, we stayed together. And so, and we all lived in the same neighborhood too, which made it easier. But yeah. So I grew up playing with probably in Shreveport the same like five, six guys. Cause then all of a sudden somebody else would show up at school and they would be into it. And so we'd play a gig with them. And then, so um, it really started with like uh, variety shows and like talent shows and stuff mm-hmm. at school. Cause we didn't have like a battle of the bands mm-hmm. or anything like that. It was literally like 
one band battle and then other the people band. who did a bunch of <laughs> yeah battle of the band and we would play our little blink 182 yeah. song we played all the small things we played yep. carousel at our battle of the bands we just played that one non-stop and then we'd play green day Brain songs stew. and stuff mm-hmm. like that yeah there were tryouts mm-hmm. and um like the it was the kids that ran like the model UN or something were also the people putting on the, they tended to be, you know, the, the, the quad oh, kids, the cool kids. And mm. so, um, yeah. there was five days and they tried out and five bands got to play. And we got on one of the days, I think uh, it was like middle of the week, but I just remembered that, um, they set themselves, the guys who put on the battle of the bands, uh, they set themselves up to play on Friday so they could close it. Of course. But I remember after mm. we played, <laughs> yeah, uh, in my, you know, we were writing original music too, uh, pop punk, like so that was kind of that would set us up. Yeah. But we covered a Blink One Eighty Two song, and I just remember they announced that you know there was actually no winners uh, this time around. You were just all playing, but that was the day that we played. So I feel like we may have, yeah, it was it's just, just a, a battle. battle yeah, you know? no winners, <laughs> no losers. Everyone yeah. came out alive. Yeah, that's good. That's cool, man. So it's funny that you mentioned that there were no guitar players because before you hopped on, we were literally joking about how everyone Everybody plays guitar and like there guitar. was like the the market saturation of guitar yeah. players was so high that like yeah you know by playing a you know bass or drums it's like you're pretty high in mm-hmm. demand so like it was your ticket yeah. into any band like. I mean, I've seen bands play where they have like four guitars, and like that seems excessive. And this is coming from someone that likes loud music, but like, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. How do you mix all that yeah. with just a little, you know, a little <laughs> board? Uh, man, yeah. So we, um, yeah. I mean, if anybody was into music, they were playing guitar. So it, it was either you, you know, kids were playing guitar, or there's, I mean, there was only room for one band. Like we had one band, and so we would. We would switch out guys playing guitar. So there were enough people playing guitar. But yeah, back to your point, playing bass mm-hmm. was the key because so in high school we played, you know, we would play I think we played a couple shows at this place called Soundstage, which is kind of an all ages venue in downtown Shreveport. And so we would get on with different bands and we had made friends with bands who were other bands around Shreveport, but it was guys in their twenties and thirties who were playing the same kind of music and stuff. Yeah. And then, so we would kind of open for them and open for friends that were kind of coming through town that we had known from different places, like friends of ours had gone off to college. And so they were coming back through to play a show. And so we'd play with them. And then my real, I guess, music career started. I went down to LSU to Baton Rouge to go to school. And I kind of left, I brought my bass down there, but I didn't really like play or anything what's up kitty cat uh i didn't really play much at all i just would you know mess around and there was a couple guys in the dorm that played and so we would just kind of jam like a guitar and bass kind of thing every once in a while uh well then about i think it was sophomore year i i can't even remember how i found these guys but it was a country band looking for a bass player and i never my dad you know was from chicago my mom was from her family's from New York and South Carolina. So I didn't really grow up around country music at all. Like it wasn't something that was mm-hmm. played in my house, even being from Louisiana, my dad was military. So we, we didn't really have like a Southern background or anything yeah. like that. Well, I get in this country band <laughs> and the reason being was I was like the only guy who played bass and they needed a bass player. Yep. 
And it was, it ended up being the coolest band that I was ever in was that band because I learned to play a whole different style of music yep. and, you know, instead of just like playing <laughs> pop punk, like we were talking about and playing loud and fast yeah. and jumping off stuff. Then we were playing, you know, country and Southern rock stuff. And I really got mm-hmm. better and better at bass, which yeah. was really cool. My skills like increased. And then at the same time, I'm like 21 years old and I'm in this band and we would play, you know, different venues around in Baton Rouge. And we would play probably every Friday night or every other Friday night. And we would make whatever we made at the door. So it'd be a $5 charge. I wish we could have charged 25 <laughs> That would have been killer. But we were doing $5 cover charge. And then the bar would let us drink whatever we wanted all night, which was, you know, at 21. I'm like, this, I'm a rock star. Yeah. This is the life. Full door I'm doing and the bars. Huh? And it is Amazing. funny because, yeah, yeah. So, you know, when you're 21, it, back, you know, what is it? God, 15 years ago. Uh, it was like, you know, that was the deal. Man, I yeah. was living it up, and I was having a blast, and I was learning. And you a got lot all about your music. friends like coming to the show, right? Because it's like it's like it's just like a show. party, basically. Like, yeah, and we even opened up for like. It was so funny too because you know I didn't know anything about country music, and the guys in my band did. They were like all about it, especially Texas. They they call it like red dirt country. I don't know if you've ever heard mm-hmm. of these bands, but it's like Randy Rogers band and. Uh, I'm trying to think of who the big ones are. This is, I, I mean, Pat Green, you may have heard of him. Mm. It, it's so funny. Like, you know, it's it's a very regional yeah. country thing. And like, if you go to Texas, it's like, oh, my God, you say those names and people here are like, oh, my God. But I'd never heard of them in my <laughs> life. And so a great example of that is this guy, Kevin Fowler, who like in Houston, he plays the Houston Rodeo and he like sells it out. It's, he's like a big deal in Texas and stuff. He swings through Baton Rouge, and we're like the only country band in town, so we automatically get to open for him That's at sick. this pretty cool venue called the Varsity. That's amazing. Yeah, and so, and his band is awesome. They've got everything. They've got a fiddle player. They've got two guitar players, bass player, drummer. They, I think they even had backup singers. Maybe like they were the real deal. And so I'd never heard of them, but it was so funny because I, you know, the the guys in my band were like flipping out, and I, it's like a like a tuesday night and i think i had a final the next day so i'm like okay let's play the show and then after the show we get we're on the tour bus and i'm on the tour bus with these guys and i'm like living the style and then it's like one in the morning and i'm like okay i, I gotta go back i have a final at 7 a.m sorry kevin fowler i gotta leave went back home <laughs> Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, so oh, I'll go. But you got a yeah, taste. So, That's know. amazing. Those fun times. Yeah, got a ta- got a taste of the life for a little bit. That's beautiful. And, <laughs> yeah, and it sucked because the guys in the band, man, I go back and listen to their music, and you know when you're that age and you're playing, the guys in the band were a little older. They were in their 30s, and so they would write very well thought lyrics and very well put together tunes. I thought, and they were just really talented, but. You know, I wasn't in the right mind frame mm-hmm. to really appreciate it. Yeah. Sorry, I'm no, laughing so much. It's true. A lot of good and that point's really good, time. too. Yeah. I mean, we were the same way, I think, writing when we were younger, <clears throat> uh, at least from my older bands. Like, the care and um, just just the methodical nature of writing now compared to then is just night yeah. and day. 
Yeah. And I think the punk rock thing, you know, that's why pop punk is so like attractive. Also, it's like simple guitars so you can like pick up and play it, right? Like mm-hmm. simple lyrics and things like basically it's all very easy to digest and like it's just fun to play. It's just loud and angsty mm-hmm. and just, you know, you just you go and it's it's great. Like you definitely it's a, it's so good for that yeah. age, I think at least. Yeah, it really I mean, I think we were really lucky if you think yeah. about it. Like that kind of, I mean, it wasn't like if you think about 60s and 70s and even 80s rock bands, it was hard. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. You had to be really good. But then like our age, I think we were kind of lucky in the respect. We were coming up yeah. where you could learn to play you, Kurt three Cobain. four chord songs. Yeah, yep. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. Great point. Yeah. Like that started. And then mm-hmm. guys like us. Then Green Day kind of opened and it a little then, wider. You know, yeah. where we went from there. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, you said something else that was really interesting too that I can relate to a bit, which is switching genres, right? Like where you you kind of play one type of music and then you kind of pivot to something else. Like I didn't make that pivot myself, but I've really enjoyed, like especially on bass, is such an easy instrument to be able to transition effortlessly between genres and things. And it's a really great way to learn to kind of push yourself in new directions. Like... I've at least found it very hard. Like I find myself at least playing guitar the same way. Like it sounds very much like me bass being kind of like singular notes and things like you can really leapfrog around, kind of hop around between genres and feels and stuff. And like gives you a whole new appreciation for different stuff by doing that, at least for me. No, you're totally right. And man, like everybody wants to hate on the bass, but I mean, there's two good reasons to play bass. Number one, you can get in any band. And number two, you can take it really as far as you want to. Yeah. You can be, you can be pretty basic and you can get in the band and you can play the root note and do just fine. Or like you were mentioning, like when I got in the country band, I learned to play a whole different style and walk up and down the fretboard and, and even throw little licks here and there kind of riff riffing off, octaves and stuff and do you know it's just like pretty cool and those guys they pushed me to get better and it was actually another thing there was a drummer in that band um he was a super cajun guy i mean not cajun but he was just like rural southern louisiana the guys in the band were really interesting characters too that number one they were pig farmers so they (laughs) during the day they would work at the pig unit at lsu and they'd take care of these pigs and then we would rehearse in a barn at night and so we just had all these interesting people in the band too. And one of the guys was this guy, Chuck, and he, he was, he was a great, he was really good at singing backup vocals and playing drums. And so he was a real root of that band. And he taught me how to play, you know, like people will say, Oh, the bass is really going to follow the drums. You really got to give color to the drums. And I never understood it until I played with that guy. So do you guys both play drums? Not too? at all. I wish. That's another thing we'll yeah, have to I talk mean, about too. Yeah. No. Man. I mean, we we're, we like to program drums, but I, I sequence, I I sequence drums, but yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, so that I mean, that's the other cool thing about playing in bands and growing up with the two is like, you know, like you pick off, you learn other instruments from the people in the band. I don't know if you guys ever did that, like even switch up instruments yeah, or anything I, like that with somebody. Like, of course. I mean, bass to guitar was probably. I've tried to pick up a few drum beats here yeah. and there, and it's I can do like a pretty simple four on the floor, but like once you start getting into like some mm-hmm. more meticulous like metal beats and like I can do a punk rock beat. That's about it. Uh-huh. 
Yeah. 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 That's pretty I'm much me so <laughs> uncoordinated. I, I will say playing bass has made me appreciate drums and the nuances yeah. of it much, much more. And like being able to play in the pocket, play ahead of behind the beat, yeah. you know, all the little stuff. And it makes me appreciate the camaraderie that you have with a drummer as a bass player, mm-hmm. like that relationship, both like in and out of the rehearsal space and whatever, you know, is, is pretty important. Like, and that's, you know, that's a good one. Like, I feel like that's the, a lot of the make or break of how a band can sound and feel like if you take away the rhythm section, it's like the whole thing falls apart. Not to say that that's the most important thing, but it's like, I think an underappreciated or at least under severely under like misunderstood section, you know, from someone that would just listen to music without, you know, having some of the context, I guess. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, you know, it, you, you notice it when it's gone, right? Or if it's not good, mm-hmm. it jumps out. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And just as far as like what you were saying, how you were pushed by those people in your band. And that's when you started getting better. I, I like I looked to I wish that I had more of experience like that when I was younger, to tell you the truth. Like there were some good people that I was playing with. But as far as, you know, a different style to push you in a different direction, I felt like it was always punk rock or metal so it's once mm-hmm. we got to start you oh, know, yeah. eric and i doing fuzzle like it just allowed us to say okay we like all these different types of music now we're we're really going to try to shut the door on what we've known before and just leave ourselves just open to all you know these new avenues but i mean it's kind of found its way into a, a synthesized 80s kind of groove sort of band but yeah we it had to evolve to that yeah which i really liked yeah well when i I, i've heard one of your songs recently and i was i loved the sound i thought it was super cool i I mean and eric knowing like just knowing you from our relationship of working together and then talking casually about music and stuff to see where you got to with fuzzle was really cool i was i thought that was really awesome man thanks man it's been really fun and like honestly sean kind of touched on it but we kind of have adopted this philosophy of not saying no it's like the yes man approach of music where it's like we're just we'll pitch ideas and it's like not really being say like we are this kind of band or we are this kind of band like we definitely have a center of gravity like he mentioned of kind of getting pulled into this new wavy 80s kind of vibe sort of but like that doesn't preclude us from like doing other stuff if it's you know and we found that we have a lot of the same kind of general influences and music that we like so it just kind of tends to gravitate towards some different ideas and things but it's been it's been real refreshing and fun no there's too many ideas to ever really have (laughs) some time for at least eric to ever have some time to himself (laughs) (laughs) yeah so that's true yeah so you guys dealing with a wealth of ideas a lot of times i know in my career too you know you you'd either have times where it was really going well or like you'd be like man we don't have we need something for the next thing do do you guys feel like you have a lot of ideas and things you can work with fortunately yeah i would say so we we have a it's it's interesting yeah we we have a folder of that we call literally random ideas so it's like when we have an idea for something we literally will just create a logic project record a riff mm. record an idea you know that gets synced to our dropbox so like i can record something sean can open the project on his end and then add some stuff so like it's a very iterative kind of back and forth process in cases like that and then plenty of other times like 
it'll only go so far and we kind of file it away. But in the case of one of our songs, Outer Stellar, it started as like a riff that kind of sat on the back burner for a while. And then we got together in person last year when Sean came out to visit and we just had a couple really interesting ideas happen all at once. And suddenly we had a whole song. It was just like, it just, you never know when the moment's right. Like we'll just kind of peruse the old back catalog and go, Oh, that's interesting. Like I forgot about that. And then it'll just kind of take off. So it's like, we'll either be driving on something that we've been actively working on or we'll just kind of grab something. But I've never once felt like, damn, I don't know what to do. Like, it's almost like there's so many options. It's like, man, exactly. what should we do next? <laughs> like, it's that's really cool, man. That's <laughs> so good to hear. It's the uh, it's the the Rolling Stone gathers no moss kind of thing. I feel like it's just that's a really good way to put and, it. And yeah. I will say you that just keep creating, right? And I think part of that also when we first started, we were releasing a song a week for I would say the first like month or so. So we kind of built this cadence of like moving pretty quick, which I will say like. I'm a fast mover and Sean to his credit has been Keeping amazing at like also being a fast mover in this yeah. stuff. Like yeah. where it's like, I've been in situations where it's like, you're waiting for people and you're just like, come on. Like, but it's like, you, you got to strike when the iron's hot and you True. just go. And so, yeah, you know, we, we push each other in that way, I think. And it, it's worked. That's awesome. What, what about you? Like where, where do you find, what do you, what inspires you or like what, uh, you know, makes makes you pick up your instrument or maybe write something or like your concept album you mentioned like where what what's the what's the driving force in some of those ideas and things yeah so i'll admit like for for most of my like musical career i playing bass i kind of just followed the lead of whoever was writing a lot and i was lucky with that country band was those guys were constantly writing and one of those guys I kind of alluded to it earlier, like I didn't really understand the depth of what they were going for at the time because, mm-hmm. you know, I was just like playing and having a good time and drinking beer and it was a great time. But I, w- <laughs> I So we recorded an album and I went back, you know, years later and you listen to it and you're and, and you know, and just the, your life experiences and stuff, you start you start really feeling what this guy was going through at the time. And I'm like, man, I, w- I had the privilege to be in a band with this guy was writing this very deep stuff mm-hmm. that I wasn't able to comprehend at the time. But now here I am 10, 15 years later listening to it and it's just great. So I still get inspired by that. I think about, you know, that guy just put pen to paper and did it. Uh, I think about, I don't know. That's something I've been well, struggling that guy with a lot lately, lately is I don't feel as creative as I used to. And that's probably why, <laughs> man, I don't know. Yeah. I need to figure it out. Um, yeah, I need to, cause who knows? I mean, we lost touch. I graduated from college and I felt bad because those guys really wanted to go far. And I felt bad because I, I feel like I kind of hindered it in a way mm-hmm. because I was just, you know, I was like, man, I got to get a job. You know, I got to, you know, I got to move. What did you end up getting into as far it's my, as, it's time for know, me to leave. job wise? But yeah, so I got into, I got in, well, so, so funny. I graduated in 2009 at the height of the, of the recession. So then I went and worked for the federal mm-hmm. bankruptcy court for two years, which was a trip. I was like basically an aide to the judge. So I would travel with the judge and I have a bunch of good stories about working for the judge. Cause he was really cool. But man, the lawyers in Louisiana at the bankruptcy court were 
like you could write a tv show about hey, this stuff maybe that's ideas popping there, off left there and right, <laughs> right there yeah. yeah or concept album yeah yeah here we go man i'm glad i got on the got on the computer with you guys so i <laughs> this I is good say, creative you also are a uh, coffee connoisseur as well yeah right? yeah so that's another thing so i got away from that for a long time it's so funny coffee and music in a certain way kind of came back well I, this is a good way to this is a good deep thing to talk about right here like do you ever think about the things that when you were in high school and maybe when you were first getting started with music and stuff and maybe your influences then like you still gravitate back to those things and you have a lot of positive memories and like you can draw a lot of inspiration from where you were then mm -hmm. like I've, I've found that I tried to go away from stuff because I was like, ah, that's too easy. Like I've already figured out what I like, you know, uh, I got to go figure it out. What, what do I really like and what really inspires me? And so I came back to playing bass and I came back to, to coffee later on and was mm -hmm. like, man, that's the thing. Those are the things that I really loved about life. Like when I think about all the times I had playing in bands and I think I, so I worked at this cafe. Mm -hmm. That's actually, it kind of intertwines with my music career because I worked in the only kind of like independently owned coffee shop in Shreveport and we would have bands come through and play on Friday and Saturday nights, kind of like, you know, like blues music or mm -hmm. singer songwriter kind of stuff, you know, like in a coffee shop or whatever, but they would take a break and then I would go up and play like a 20 or 30 right. minute set while they were yeah. taking a break <laughs> while I was working. And it was That's super awesome. fun. Cause then, yeah. So I got to like sit in and I got some um, live music playing and, you know, and there then, you, go. you know, I got, promotion for my bands and stuff like that so it was a cool little it was a cool little deal and so all of that i mean to say i came back to coffee in the same way like i worked in that cafe and then 15 years later that wow. the drummer the drummer in my band circle. this all comes back together <laughs> the drummer in my band started yeah full circle he started roasting coffee and he would send it to me he still lives in shreveport and so he would send it to me over here in dallas and I'd be like, this is the best coffee I ever had in my life, man. What are you doing? And so he would just kind of roll me through the process. And I got way into it. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to build a custom roaster because I want to do it this way. And so now, yeah, wow. now I got a coffee company. <laughs> What's, and, company <laughs> and I do that like full called... time. Yeah. So, oh, man. Oh, there you go. It's nice. called Runyon Coffee Company. It's real. Yeah, real. I went real creative with the name. As you can see, I'm lacking for inspiration. But <laughs> um, no, I just, man, I got out there. I built the roaster. My, I called my brother and I was like, man, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to do this. And he was like, yeah. just shut up, dude. Just do it. Why don't you just do it? And I was like, yeah, you know, uh, kind of like you said earlier, Eric, I think it was you. You were like, you just got to get out there and do it. You just got to get out there and do yeah. it. I guess the project with you guys is get out there and do it. See what happens. Yeah. And then. Yeah follow it down it's the still, way and that's i mean that's how the best things that's are awesome. so and where do you get your beans exactly the same my beans guys from nicaragua and then the other ones i i work through a marketplace so i can get kind of what i want and so i do you know i do a few roasts that i've spent a lot of time burning beans to figure out these are the ones and then yeah You're burning so the beans literally just ends. get up and go just go and do it yes <laughs> burning the beans at both there ends and i got to get back in the creative stuff man you should. I, I will say, uh, I love your website and all We're the marketing that stuff that you've done with your well. company. So oh, you need to give yourself credit for creativity. Yeah, we will. But oh, I, I love well, the, the vibe of it is great. Like it's uh, it's profesh AF. <laughs> oh, thanks, great. man. I love it. And well, very cool you. Thing is, so. Well, you know how it is too. Like we were able to take from our careers in advertising and marketing and stuff and, uh, and bring a lot of that into our own 
projects, which is really cool. Dude, it's so it honestly like that is probably one of my favorite things to bring to the table is being able to because like you could have the greatest product in the world, but if like nobody right. knows about it, like that doesn't yeah. get you very far. So like being able to have a, like with our music content mm -hmm. and the ability to like take it to market, it's like you've got a product and you can you know find like a product market fit and do yeah. a whole thing but like yeah you, it's you, fun you market it can be a it's hobby great. it can be a job awesome. mm -hmm. i um, Sean, what do you do for work if you don't mind me like interjecting field for a while so um i work at a uh, like a physical medicine cairo office currently yeah mm -hmm. oh nice cool I was wondering if, like, you guys argue yeah, about, hey, yeah. this is the well, advertising we never argue. We just, you know like what I mean? Like, said earlier, it's just it, it helps yes to like you know whatever yeah. whatever idea kind of comes up first, <laughs> and because that's our usually our our first oh, idea is that. our best you know yeah. intuition. Anyways, so we just go with that. But we can always change the idea as it evolves, mm -hmm. and you know it's it's always malleable. That's the thing. You never are locked into anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you have you found the mm. yes and kind of framework has worked pretty well? well I mean, it, you guys are yeah, at one absolutely. point we're running one song a week, so it has mm -hmm. to be working pretty good. And mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, Man, that's awesome. No, 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 it's just it's good. It, and like, it, yeah, oh, go ahead. There's never really roadblocks, I should say. Like, there's always different avenues to take. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And yeah, and like I said, I feel like it's just resulted in so much creative output that it like gives us a lot to choose from. You know, we've we've been exploring YouTube as a channel a lot more recently and trying to figure out clever ways to do that. And it's like, I've even, you know, we figured out ways to like take even our small little snippets of ideas and turn that into like little YouTube shorts or other stuff. Like, oh, yeah. it basically can translate into like an infinite amount of content possibilities. And like, you know, this podcast, of course, being one of them. Like, it's just. I don't know. There's just a lot of by making content and music and things, it like innately gives us stuff Super to sweet. talk about, which is yeah. you know the dream. Yeah. So. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. But yeah, I will say I that I some. had the coffee Please. and it is delicious. By the way, mm -hmm. to bring it back to the coffee because yeah, we'll get oh, some. Oh man, I'll, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah I'm it's ask delicious. You to bring the, uh, some the weekday when, blend. Uh, you very, make your trip good. up here in a couple weeks, then. All right. I will. And uh, I do have one other coffee nerd question for Justin, which is how do you pour your coffee? Because I've been getting into my AeroPress a little bit. And so. Oh, nice. I don't know. I if just, you, I, I'm still learning um, the ins and outs of that. But yeah, it's. Yeah, I just there it is. bought a new one. Yeah. Free right. AeroPress. Well, I guess my camera's backwards, but you know, it's the AeroPress. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, so, so funny. So. I told myself I wouldn't go down the rabbit hole of like getting all the coffee gadgets. And my yep. wife told me specifically, my wife is a great character in my story. She, uh, <laughs> she told me you're not allowed to have more coffee gear. Like we have this, this is kind of a side story. We have this, uh, automatic espresso machine, which we got as a wedding gift because my wife is Norwegian. Mm. And so everybody in Norway has these automatic espresso machines and they just, every morning okay. they press the button, they get the coffee and it's like, it's like their whole thing. And so we got one what? of those, um, yeah. for the Norwegian, you know, <laughs> cultural aspect of it. <laughs> yeah. And so we got those and then we have, I have, I mean, I literally have just a drip coffee maker. Like a, it's like a ninja drip coffee maker and it's, it's super solid. Like that's great. But, uh, you know, 
I'm talking with people when I'm out selling coffee and they ask me about how's the best way to do this or that. Mm -hmm. So I got to do the research. So I have two, two arrow presses. Now I got a, <laughs> I just bought a new kettle and I started doing pour overs now. Oh, and I do cold brew. That's yep. the other thing I got really into. Yep. So pour so overs always good. cold brew and the, yeah. And so I do the pour overs now and, and, uh, and then, I mean, sometimes I even do the traditional, like, cupping method every once in a while. Like, I kind of know what my coffee's going to uh -huh. talk about, but, like, you know where they okay. throw the, you know, they grind it up. I thought that was just another word for the, pouring you know, It's all, cups, like, very so, scientific. Yeah, and yeah. then you just kind of, like, slurp. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. No, same. yeah. So, sorry. It's a whole method. Yeah, it's how they... So, like, if you look at when okay. you're buying coffee, like green coffee, they'll give you a cupping score, and that's what, like, the coffee expert... Oh. Kind of like a like a sommelier of coffee will do they're kind of like cupping mm -hmm. and they'll give it a score based on like floral notes or chocolate notes or not i'm probably getting it all wrong but yeah there's a method that they do where they grind it it's basically like kind of like oh, okay. french press style but they leave the grinds in the water hmm. and so it's like this you gotta like kind of you gotta like scoop it out with the spoon well, it's this whole process that i've uh, totally butchered yeah. probably but um, and I'm learning. I trust learning. Them on their scores. Yeah. I'm learning. Yeah. So we all teach each other. I stick awesome. to the pour overs. Yeah. yeah. That's actually one thing I'm exploring too for, yeah. For like content purposes, I'm doing yeah, more that's a blog kind of teaching what I know. Mm -hmm. but yeah. And so I've been, that's what I've been cranking on, on the blog too. That's my creative outlet is I, well, I try we'll to attach that down a blog below post too, a week for, for sure. the, the old coffee blog. So yeah. 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 No problem. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Definitely. Thanks guys. Oh man. This has been really fun, though, man. Thank you for joining. Yeah, the you know. time flew by. Yeah, it's just great to catch up and talk about. Like, I will say, seeing you get fired up about playing yeah, some music spark, and doing that tells me there. that you got to actually do it. So, oh, I expect man. to see that con. Yeah. yeah, I expect to see that concept to, album. <laughs> I need to dive deep into the Fuzzle discography, and then I'll be like, <laughs> really? Yeah, then I'll, can, I'll or maybe you guys up. can send me some rough cuts every once in a while. Well, maybe a collab. And then is I'll on be the like, horizon. oh yeah. Yeah, that'd be really cool. That'd be great. Awesome. Well, good to have yeah, you. Man. Yeah, man. Thanks a lot. That would be really cool. Yeah, man. Anytime. Yeah. Yeah, thanks so much, guys. Uh, can't wait to see more of the episodes, and I appreciate uh, getting to talk to you guys again. Yeah, you too. Well, thanks for watching, everyone. That was our interview with Justin, and uh, we hope that you learned a little something about him, us, and maybe about creativity in general, and uh, maybe just doing things not thinking about them so much uh, but once again i'm sean and i'm eric and we are fuzzle and we are out, out.